You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Woo! We made it. We're here. This is the first episode of 2021. And it feels a bit surreal. It also feels a bit surreal to be starting it off on such a strong note. I am so excited about this episode. We had a blast recording it. And if you haven't heard the first time that Yvette was on the podcast, I mean, you, you're you definitely going to want to go check that out. Uh, you know, either before or after this episode, whatever is best for you. Uh, in that episode, we got a little bit more into her story. And on this one, we just go. We just go. Uh, she specifically requested when we got started that we try to break a podcast record for the Tone Mob podcast as far as overall time recorded. And while I don't know if we quite got there, I haven't actually done the math yet to see if this was the longest one or not, but the main episode is a little bit longer than standard length, and then the Patreon episode is close to two hours. It's a deep one. We go all over the place. But this was an amazing session. I mean, she's one of my very favorite people to talk to, so I can't believe we got to do this again, and I can't believe we're kicking 2021 off with this episode. This is amazing. Another thing to note about this episode. So we had some extreme technical difficulties, uh, not so much during the recording, although there were some issues there, but man, oh man, on the back end, trying to retrieve these files from the application I use. They recently did an update, and as with any update, things can go haywire, and we had to go into the back end of Yvette's computer. We had to go to in the back end of my computer. We had to do some weird workarounds on the server that hosts the the files while they're being recorded. It was it was a nightmare. It was it was a complete nightmare. But we did manage to salvage the entire session, and I'm so happy we did because this was such a great, extremely long recording session. So the main episode's great. The Patreon episode, honestly, is is even better. And if you can, for just five bucks a month, you get extra episodes streamed there to your ears every week. And this week is extremely good. So if you can, please support the show over there. And if you can't, I totally get it. Just please share this with a friend. And I want to give one more big shout out before we get into this to Nick Veland from Playback Engineering uh, you can hit him up on Instagram at Playback Engineering. He did a amazing job at stitching all this together and making it uh, actually a show that you can listen to. Uh, we had to work really hard to gather all these files from these random places, which should not have happened, but such is technology. So I'm I'm really glad that we got to get it out to you. I'm really glad that this is the first episode of 2021 and. I'll shut up so that I can start talking again here in just a second, and I'm really excited about this episode. So please enjoy this episode with my pal, Yvette Young. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, with me today. I have returning in a more traditional format, my good friend, Yvette Young. 
from Covet. What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. It's good to uh, be back. Oh, man. I kind of wish we were recording in a van, though, to be totally honest. Me like, too. I could put on my um, amp sim- or van, sim- van simulation um, CD in the no. background. Yeah, to, to simulate the noise of being in a, the, the the transient of a van, <laughs> like in the back of the Hawthorne Theater. On yes, <laughs> yeah, I think I have the one on file somewhere. <laughs> that, that is an episode I I've always since we recorded it and, and put it out there. I always tell people to go listen to that one when they're like, I don't know which episode to listen to. I'm like, that's one of my personal favorites just because it was such a weird night, and I don't know. Felt like the conversation was real fun. And so I always point people to that one for like their first listen. I'm like, don't expect all the episodes to be this way. But this is one of my favorite episodes. So oh, didn't we talk about pizza for like a good like 15 minutes? I mean, like that. That, that is a recurring thing on the show, on the program. We talk about pizza at the end of every episode uh, and have Amazing. Since, since about 2015. So I don't think I've forgotten to ask about pizza yet it's possible that there's there's one i've forgotten but i think i'm i think we make sure to squeeze in the pizza talk every single time which is nice mandatory uh, yes it's required pizza conversation um yeah and we'll get into that but i did want to ask you about something we were talking about off the air and this is relevant to my interests so you were talking about your your christmas day i guess for all the listeners we're recording this the day after christmas and you said you had a tradition of watching a horror movie every year. Tell me more about that. Yeah, it started with my cousin, Clara. Um, every Christmas when we were kids, we used to like watch a movie. And then we ended up just gravitating towards horror movies all the time because I think we're just sick in the head. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, huh? I can relate. <laughs> okay. Claire, if you're listening, sorry for speaking on your behalf. Um, no, but we, we just, as kids, we just loved watching, like, just, I think we watched Silence of the Lambs one year and then like Mothman prophecies or something. And then, so it just kind of became the thing we do every year. And now, even though I don't get to be with my cousin or my family, I have a lot of friends who are kind of horror buffs. So um, we watched a John, I have like every John Carpenter movie. Um, I collect his movies cause I think they're, they're really funny and cool. Um, we watched virus, the virus yesterday. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that one. Um, and then we watched some weird Netflix movie called the perfection and it was oh. a total trip. Like, I don't, I still don't know what I watched. <laughs> like it was, it was weird. It involved amputees playing cello. Oh, and um, you know, just a lot of, a lot of, uh, making out. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, uh, you know, something that somebody would be into. I suppose. It was very bizarre. It was, it, it was, it had my attention. I'll give it that. It held my attention. Was it made by anyone that we would recognize or is it one of those just like what's this deep dive into the bowels of netflix situation i think it, i think it had like one actress from like hereditary or something okay uh, i think it was hereditary but it was i don't know who it was directed by we just chose it because the plot sounded interesting and then it ended up just being like just 
I remember um, we were just quiet, just staring at each other because we were so confused, like what was going on. But yeah, um, Christmas horror. I like Gotta it. Have I have it. Like <laughs> what's your What's your favorite horror movie? Oh, I was going to ask you the same thing. Mm. So, uh, this just came up. I, I a lot of the listeners know this, but you might not. I do the Chasing Tone podcast with Brian Wampler almost every week. Um, and we had last week, we had an ask us anything episode. Mm. And so we had a lot of off the wall questions and, and yeah, we talked about horror movies and stuff. So some of this is kind of fresh in my brain, but as far as like favorite, favorite of all time, that's really hard for me to do. Cause I, I really like movies. I, I, and they change all the time, but the one that like, I reference that like messed me up the most that I still find to be the most like unsettling movie I've ever seen was called Martyrs. Um, oh, someone told me about that, but do go on. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's two versions. I heard the American version wasn't very good. I've never watched that one, but the French version, the original version, you know, it starts out as like just like kind of a somewhat simple like revenge thriller. Uh, and then it takes a hard right turn and does a U-turn <laughs> and does and is like, oh, this is so unsettling. And so, so uh, it's I don't want to spoiler it for anybody that's going to watch it. But I will say, like, I my I watched it once. This will give you an idea of the time frame. A long time ago, there was this place called Blockbuster Video. I remember Blockbuster. <laughs> and uh, my wife, we had. We hadn't been married very long, but this was the first time she like went out of town and left me to my own devices for a weekend. And she doesn't really like horror movies. So I was like, it's time to binge everything. And I went to the Blockbuster and asked the guy working there. I'm like, what are some of the best horror movies that you've seen lately? It's been a long time. And that was one he kind of like recommended. But I don't think I don't think he properly prepared me for it. Because I got like that and like Cabin in the Woods, which is more of a horror comedy. And then... Oh, that was a trip, Cabin in the yeah. Woods. Yeah, that one's great too. And and just a bunch of others that are not on that level of intensity. And so I was like, all right, let's see what Martyrs is about. And I got done watching it and I was like, what? What just happened to my brain? And then I, I sent it to one of my good friends, uh, Joshua, who he's also likes horror movies kind of in the same way that I do. And he texted me back. He's like, I can't believe you made me watch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. While we're on this, I can't believe you made me watch that. Have you watched the movie Tusk? I've heard about it. I started watching it uh, and I got sidetracked and I didn't actually get into the meat and potatoes of it. But all right. It's crazy. It's it's one of the most bizarre, unsettling things that I I feel like I've seen in my adult life. Um yeah, it was it was really weird. I like <laughs> you know the you, right. Yeah, you know the premise, right? I I'm trying to remember because it's been a couple years, I think, since I've I got started on it. And I like I said, I just barely dipped the toes into it. Seems like the thing I remember really sticking out to me is like the guy was like a podcaster, and I was yeah, like, hey, 
hey, wait a minute, what's this? And he was like a jerk. So hopefully I don't relate too much to him. Uh, yeah, basically, I mean, without, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the premise is a podcaster like needs a place to stay. And then he gets promised that he can stay somewhere for free as long as he listens to this guy tell stories every night. Um, and the guy ends up being like a, like a, a sailor or a captain or something that like, um, I guess a long time ago, he uh, almost drowned and he, his life was saved by a walrus. But then oh, he, yes. Yes. He, he was stuck with this walrus on an island and unfortunately had to eat the walrus to survive, which is honestly, that's the true horror for me is like, how could you do that? But um, yeah, I guess then he, he vows his entire life to like make it right to the, to the walrus. <laughs> I actually, now that you've said this and I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about it in case anybody wants to watch it. I actually did get further into this movie and I remember what happens now. Yeah. Um, and it's you like, you oh, no. repressed it. Yeah. You repressed it from your memory. <laughs> My brain didn't want to remember it. And now that I do, I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, that's rough. That's a, not a good situation for anyone to be in. Oh man. I had totally forgotten. I did get, I did get into this movie. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry for just bringing you back to that dark place. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay. like, again, cause like martyrs is kind of, my level and it's a little bit worse if you can all right so. okay i i'm down i'm gonna check it out as as per your recommendation it's a definitely a trigger warning type of movie in just in general <laughs> just for anyone but if you're a horror buff you you'll probably be okay i'm down you know what's crazy is i noticed that like when i was younger i had like more of a tolerance for just crazy gore and like just like shock like horror stuff and I would actively seek it out almost in the same way that I would seek out like riding a roller coaster or something. Like to me, it was like a, an adrenaline rush, but I just noticed that as I get older and age, as I decay, <laughs> um, I just, I just can't handle as much. I think it's like life, it just gets hard and it's just like <laughs> true life becomes horror and you're just like, ah, I just want to watch something comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. For me, I feel like it, it actually had a, I did the same thing. I should say. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I kind of think back to some of the movies I was allowed to watch at a fairly young age. And I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm going to do the same thing for my kids. My, my parents were like protective and they let me, you know, they, they didn't like let me watch anything. Right. But then some of the like select ones I do remember watching for like family pizza night, like saw, <laughs> well, I was like, what? I was like, maybe we shouldn't have, watch saw quite that young you know because i think it yeah. kind of steered over my uh my nerves a little bit i'm a little bit numb to that extreme stuff it doesn't really wow. that much um i never I feel, like, I, I feel like i just got like recently like super sensitive to it because i'm just like it's like all of a sudden i just empathize too much and i'm just like oh like that's actually horrible like this actually happens like <laughs> I don't know, like torture scenes. I can't do them. Scenes where you dig your thumbs into someone's eye sockets. I cannot handle. I can't look. It's uh, it's bad. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about martyrs off the air then. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> it's, uh, there's, there's definitely some elements of that. It's not the goriest thing I've ever seen. There's a really intense scene at the end that's pretty rough, but it's definitely not like 
saw levels of splatter. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, it's almost what you hear more than anything else. Oh. Go, uh, uh, uh. Imagine the dude who had to do folly for it. Like he's just sitting there with a bunch of pasta, just like, just like massaging it with his fingers. And like, <laughs> I just love to see what's going on. With the guys. <laughs> slapping the pasta. He's slapping the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a slab of meat, just like yeah. as raw steak. Yeah, he's just doing what, you know, that scene out of Rocky where he's just pounding the hanging cows in the freezer just repeatedly. Oh so, my gosh. That's and, it, and it just, he doubles as like an adult film folly guy as well. Oh so no. Can, like, <laughs> do both of the sounds like apply. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Bad imagery. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say the oh, one, go go sorry, one more thing. The one hyper gory movie that I do really love, like I'm into like usually psychological thrillers or like I really enjoy alien films as well. Um, but, but one movie I, I absolutely love that's super campy. Um, that's actually a newer one is Turbo Kid. Uh, I don't really think it's horror, but it's got like a lot of gore. It's kind of like got like an indie movie vibe and it's set in the post-apocalyptic eighties and the soundtrack is amazing because it's all synthwave. So yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, never heard of it. Oh, check it out. It's it's so charming. It made me cry. <laughs> gore and cry. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's like sweet. It's like the juxtaposition of like this like tender, like sweet, loyal relationship this boy has with a robot and then like just like everyone around them is getting their limbs chopped off and can put in a blender I like that's that. life that's, yeah that is that's life that's life in a nutshell especially that's life oh yeah <laughs> well before we go too far away from this particular subject uh speaking of juxtapositions like i thought that midsummer was i know that movie's been really hyped and I, mm -hmm. I understand that might be overhyped for some people. But as far as juxtapositions go, it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. And I loved it. one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen at the same time, which is pretty hard to do. I think. Yeah, I really do think that movie excelled at tension. I think mm -hmm. um, just the, the, the silence was deafening at times. And I think just the fact even that it came out... Um, like it's all daytime it's all like beautiful this idyllic daytime you know uh forest scene and then you're, it's just so unsettling yeah. <laughs> the entire time yeah it's like you, you know since you know it's a horror movie like if you went into it not really knowing what it was you'd be like oh this is nice i wonder what's gonna happen and then it happens and it's like oh wow okay that's what we're dealing with. This is interesting. But uh, yeah. horror movies. Fun for the whole family. Oh, well, maybe not the whole family. But you know what I mean. Fun for messed up people like you and I. <laughs> Start them young. I did expose my son to The Shining probably a little bit too early. Oh, my gosh. My mom made me go watch The Pianist when I was like, like nine or something and i remember she told me it was about a piano player which wasn't a lie like technically yes it is about adrian brody who plays piano technically but it was just like 
like a full on depressing Holocaust movie. And I remember I just, I couldn't handle it. It was just so sad and so messed up. So I ended up just playing um, with my Game Boy. I was playing, I think I was playing like Pokemon Crystal or something. I was playing Game Boy with my ears plugged, like crouched in fetal position in the corner of the theater because it was just too much. Oh, yeah, that's that's a tough one to watch at night. I mean, because that's not just that's not just I guess that's not technically a horror movie, quote unquote, but it's not it's real life. That's like real stuff that really happened type of horror, which is. the Yeah, worst. I just remember thinking, how did people do this to each other as as a nine year old? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a big slap in the face, like reality, just like life's hard. <laughs> I still think that. I still think that. But now as an adult, I can see the progression. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is what people are capable of. That's the worst part. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We don't like that. People are capable. Oh, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say people are capable of such beautiful things. Like, I think interpersonal, like, relationships between people, there's, like, so much beauty in that. But also we do, like, the most effed up things to each other. Yeah, sometimes without meaning to. That's also like kind of scary because some people you see, they have this really not great impact on those around them and and they're not even aware of it. They think that they're fine and everyone's the good guy in their own story. And that's almost what makes it even scarier because I try to be fairly self-aware, but then I, I catch myself at moments where I'm like, the one, the one I bring up constantly, we're well not constantly, but the one I regularly is my wife revealed to me early on in our marriage that, that I was a close talker. I was a close talker for like a large part of my life and I didn't even know it. What does that mean? Uh, where you get way too close to somebody when you're talking to them. Oh, like, like it feels like you're going to like kiss them or something, but like, yeah, really- it wasn't quite that bad, but it was still like, why am I? When she pointed out, she's like, you're a close talker. And then I've been really good about it ever since. I was like, no, I'm not. And then she's like, yes, you are. Look how close you are. I was like, (gasps) (laughs) I'm a close talker. That's not the worst thing a person can be. Well, maybe in 2020 it is. But uh, it's not the worst thing a person can be. But it's like just shows how the most obvious thing that you should have been able to notice about yourself. It was totally over my head. I had no idea I was doing that. I knew when other people would do it to me. But I didn't recognize that I did it semi regularly, and I think I've I think I've broken myself of that. But it's just a it's a less serious but like really obvious like problem that I had. It's like oh okay, what other problems do I have? Oh, I I feel like we're all full full of problems. <laughs> Humanity, right? Yeah, uh, I I don't think that's the worst thing you can be. At least it's not like harmful. You know, no. like at least you're not like. I don't know, maybe it's only harmful if you're, like, spreading disease or something. <laughs> That's what I said in 2020. That might not be a good yeah. thing to have. <laughs> but let's see. Let's let's catch up a little bit on, on some other things. Like, you've had so many things happen since we last talked. I mean, what was that? I don't even know. I should have looked at the date before uh, before we started recording this. But I feel like that was, like, two years ago, almost. Yeah, I think it was before we had our new album. We had It was before COVID, of course. So, yeah, I guess it's been a whirlwind. Sometimes I just... Do you ever just forget everything that you've done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I get there all the time. I'm just like, what, what, was, what did I do, like, a month ago? What was I doing? <laughs> okay, so I just had to check real quick. It wasn't quite 
that long ago, but it feels like that long ago. That was October of 2019. Wow. So, or at least when I published it, and I think I published it fairly close to the recording. Um, so, mm. yeah, that feels like a different time and place. So strange. Definitely. I guess, uh, yeah, since then, touring's been canceled. Uh, album out. What else? I, I learned how to, like, properly record, which is cool. I taught myself that at the beginning of quarantine, which is fun. Um. Yeah. Signature <laughs> guitar. That wasn't. Oh, a right. True. Um, yes. So, I mean, you, you talked very, very uh, kindly about your Ivanez when we last recorded, but now it's like I'm. I'm sure you were probably working on it at the time, but now it's like official, official. Yeah, it's so wild. Weird. Is it like? What's that feel like? It's it's wild. I'm just like I can't believe that like. It sounds funny, but I'm like, I can't believe a company put like that much faith in me. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's cool. I um the the release of it was a little bit um delayed because of, you know, everything going on. But now that it's out, it's just really awesome seeing people actually playing it, like writing music on it, and I'm just so grateful. Um I think we're trying to come out with a different color next year. Oh. Well, di- different guitar, different color. Ooh. Different guitar. Like, like, I mean, same, same guitar, Talman, but like, maybe we're going to do a tele version. I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Uh. <laughs> hmm. You have my interest there. Uh, yeah. I mean, not that I wasn't already interested, but I'm a little more of a tele person than a strap person so well we got we got just the guitar for you i got telecasters i got stratocast sorry i'm just trying to be like a sales dude <laughs> or salesperson this bad boy can fit so many telecaster tones <laughs> Slap hood. uh I, that reminds me i before i forget and we go way off into the weeds i did tell the facebook group that you were coming back on and, Ooh. Uh, let's see what people had for questions. Um, Because I know there was something about the guitar in there. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, well, this, uh, this, this isn't necessarily a question, but a good, good uh, longtime supporter of the show, Tom Kelly. He wants to say, commend her for choosing the best color ever, green for her signature Ibanez. So we'll go ahead and get that out of the way real quick. Oh, thank you, Tom Kelly. You know, that color is so polarizing. I love it. Some people are like, I love that color and need that color. Some people are like, that is the most hideous guitar I've ever seen in my life. I love it. And yeah, you know, I, I love it too. I, it reminds me of like Slime Time Live. Yes. You're watching Nickelodeon Slime Time Live. So oh, yeah. for me, it's got this like nostalgic, like candy looking feeling to it. But I do see how someone who's like only into like, spalted maple or something would just like hate <laughs> what I did but it's cool you know like it's it's not for everyone and yeah it's just it's just funny to see how polarizing it is <laughs> let's see um there's a lot of uh reoccurring just like I don't have any questions or well, let's see I think uh, Todd here Todd Menhinnick and I can never tell if i'm telling saying his name right i think he's told me before but apologies todd so 
here we go. This this probably sums up a good portion of what the group was saying. Uh, not a question, but I think she's amazing. 2020 has made me appreciate those things that give us a spark of joy. Listening to Technicolor more times than I can count has been one of those things. Yvette's music has made a difference to me this year, and I just want to thank her for that. And there's a lot of similar things in there. I just thought that one summed it up quite nicely. So That's so sweet. Oh, thanks, everyone. Like, really, that it means a lot because we definitely poured a lot of love into the songs. And, you know, I I wasn't doing great when I was writing them. And I, I tried to write music that, like, uplifted me. So to hear that it, like, can help other people, especially during this really difficult year of loss and change and, um, you know, just uh, uncertainty, mm-hmm. I think that means a lot to me. So the, the, I think music is so powerful in its way it can like transform people's moods so i'm just really happy that it it did that for people yeah for myself it's it's a lot easier to dig into like the darker kind of more upsetting parts of life to create what i would consider quote unquote you know serious pieces of music it's actually a lot harder for me to come up with something that is bright and cheerful or you know even uplifting without it feeling to myself like it like it's kind of cheese ball um and i think you've done an amazing job of not doing that with that record personally that's, oh. that's my opinion thank so you I, I i can see why people thought that um let's see i've got a few more questions in here uh well you kind of touched on this earlier about teaching yourself recording so uh Travis Vandell uh he says I want to know how quarantine has changed her approach to music. Mm, well, for the her first time, I think, <clears throat> how lost in the sauce can I get here? Uh, oh, I, I, all right, I'll, I'll, here I go. Um, <laughs> I think, I think um, before quarantine, I was on such a tight schedule. Like I'm just juggling a lot of things all at once constantly. And I didn't really ever have a time to like chill out and, and write music just for the sake of exploration. And because I was on such a a firm schedule and people depended on me to meet deadlines and I had to like deliver a certain amount of songs by a certain amount of time. Um, I don't, I feel like uh, exploration wasn't really a part of my musical vocabulary. I was just writing um, for the sake of being efficient and productive Um, I think when you're on, when you have deadlines and stuff, like kind of just playing for fun becomes a luxury because you just have to like utilize every minute of your day to like make sure you deliver an album on time or something. Um, so I remember after we finished Technicolor and everything got canceled, all of a sudden I was like, wait, so I'm not going on tour so I can, I can just. I can just like play, like write music for fun, like, and not be on a deadline. So I started like exploring a lot and kind of just branching out my sound a bit. I always want to do something different with every release. So the next one for sure is different, leaning more into, leaning way more into like that kind of almost cheesy, like uplifting chorus, like 80s sound, but also like going to like Sledge Fuzz World a bunch too, because I love a lot of like, um, post metal and like grunge sounding things but um yeah there's that 
So I, I feel like my relationship with music definitely improved because I was just writing for fun and inspiration hit. Um, and I was just vomiting out song ideas every day, which was really cool. Uh, but things got really busy again. I, I feel like there was like a, a little window of time where it was just like, hurrah, I don't have anything to do. I can just play for fun again. But then, you know, companies started adapting to online content and then like everyone started hiring, which is great. Like, I'm so grateful that like I got hired to do a bunch of online stuff, but it was just, it was funny. I just enjoyed a brief period of time where I was just, it was just a free for all. Um, and then I taught myself how to record. So I'm now like, you know, I'm just gonna, I have a, a folder of just covet song ideas. And I plan to just record all the demos in advance and send them to my bandmates. So we don't have to meet because it's kind of a weird time for that. Um, and then also just like, I feel like it really, I really developed my ear a lot more for just tones and, and even production stuff. Cause I started learning some really rudimentary and I cannot stress this enough, just super rudimentary, um, production tricks. Um, and just from like Googling and also asking friends. And that's been a huge game changer for me too. I feel like I now have even an even deeper appreciation for certain tones and stuff. Um, yeah, I guess those are the main ways that my relationship with music has changed. <laughs> Hearing you say all of that is really interesting because I've had the exact opposite experience. Um, <laughs> is I've my whole life, except for like this one brief time when my band and I, we wrote a record in 2014, 2015. Other than that period of my life, it's been nothing but like just noodling and experimenting sonically and getting lost in waves of bleep bloop machines and all kinds of different like, <laughs> things and i've really changed as a player in that time frame but i've also like my output as far as music was, was basically as far as recorded music was basically zero i've done like maybe a couple songs i recorded one here like three weeks ago um and put it out on youtube but like other than that i really haven't put out anything and but yet i i i've said this on the podcast a few times lately but like 14 year old me would want to like put me in a headlock and punch me in the face because like he could only dream of having access to all the rad stuff that I have and like would want to actually record and make music with it, you know? Um, but here I am just like kind of by myself at midnight going, and like, why it's like, why am I not making this stuff? And then I recorded you know, and I've been really talking to my friend uh, Devon Blue, who I don't know if you've seen his demos, um, but he has an awesome band called Boy Indigo, and he's he's crazy, awesome dude. But he's like repeatedly has like made the statement that like if you can create stuff, if you have the ability to do this, then you almost have a responsibility to put some of it out there because so many people can't. Like so there's there's a bunch of people who just they love music, but they can't necessarily play and don't have the time or interest to learn how to play or, you know, for whatever reason, their circumstances dictate that they can't do these things. And if yeah. you can and you're not, then it's almost like you're kind of throwing it away. And so lately I've been like 
really starting to just pursue the idea of like, okay, I'm not just going to like show off how this pedal sounds. I don't care. Like there's plenty of people that do that and I will continue to do that occasionally, but I just need to make music to make music, not for any other reason, not mm-hmm. to like show off the device or the guitar. Just to make music. And well, so, yeah, that's been, cool. that's been my mindset lately. The cool thing is you can still show off a pedal, but like just write a coherent music, musical idea with it. And then it can be a song as well. Like that's how a lot of my songs happen is I, I like, let's say somebody sends me, I don't know, like I just did a, a, a echo, echo shifter demo for Ibanez. Mm-hmm. And I remember I intended to just do a bunch of riffs to like showcase the pedal, but I ended up writing a song with like a couple of the or like a couple of songs with the riffs that I wrote on it. So sometimes I feel like certain pedals, just the timbre or like the color of the pedal can inspire like a totally new musical idea. I did a couple of fuzz demos and I was like, whoa, I'm like writing stuff that I like would never write if I wasn't plugged into a fuzz pedal. So it's cool. It can like push different ideas out of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just this mindset mindset shift that I've had to have where it's just like, okay, try, like you said, try to make a coherent piece of music, you know, while you're doing it. Because normally it's just like open chords. Here's what it sounds like. Do, do, you know, like, which is fine. And it gets the point across for hearing what the the device is doing, but doesn't get my juices going. I think some people struggle, like what I've seen doing pedal demos is some people struggle to hear like what a pedal can do in the right context. I think sometimes context is everything because you can hear like a, a crazy texture, but then it's some, for some people, I think it's difficult to imagine how it can be applied in a practical sense. And I think for some people when watching a demo or something, the lure of the pedal comes from like being inspired by the musical idea created with it. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't know that you could like use like a stuttery, delay thing as like a space holder or something or like you know it's like oh that's really creative like i never thought to do that i want to buy this pedal so i can try that out in my songwriting mm-hmm. so it's it's really cool <laughs> it's fun has there been you mentioned the echo shifter but has there been anything else that's come along this year and like really made you go ooh? gosh i just bought um a digitech freak out Oh, and yes. oh, it's lovely. It's so, so cool. I didn't. I didn't realize that you could just completely take out the dry signal, so that it sounds like an Ebo, like slides on that thing. Sounds so amazing. I like already want to do it on. I think on acoustic, it could sound beautiful too. Um, it can add like a bit of like really cool a trail to every note you play, um, and then just it's it's really awesome for so you can control the pitch of the feedback as well. Um, and I've been having a lot of fun with that. Shout out Pete Thorne for turning me on to this pedal. He, t- he told me I needed to get one. So I'm glad I listened to him. It's so uh, much fun. I got one as a gift and uh, I like did a little uh, gift exchange and it was, I'm like, I, oh, this thing looks cool. Plugged it in. I was like, oh my, I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. how cool it was. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's truly amazing. Um, what else? I I have admittedly I have a lot of pedals that I still have to demo. I've just been kind of um, busy, but uh, I I got a slow while we're slow. Mm-hmm. Amazing! Uh, I got sent the Juliana, which is their stereo version of of the Julia, and it's it's also beautiful. <laughs> I've been really enjoying that one. 
Um, oh, uh, I, of course, this pedal is amazing. I can't believe it's technically a delay, but it's the Slowly Melting by Dirge Electronics. Oh, I don't know about that one. Tell me more. Oh, it's, it's so cool. I guess, like, okay, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but apparently... I, it's, it sounds like a fuzz, but it's technically not a fuzz. Like I think the the circuit is technically like a del- it's like a glitched out delay. Okay. Um, and yeah, it just it sounds like, uh, how, it sounds like to me when I when I plugged in, it sounds like um a rocket taking off to me. Like the rumble and it's like hella like fuzzy sounding, dark. Um, but it's it's also very versatile. Like it doesn't necessarily have to sound just like a fuzz but yeah um it's great you know what really astounded me about this pedal i think maybe because it's it's technically a delay i really hope i'm getting that right (laughs) i hope evan isn't listening like no you idiot (laughs) but yeah anyway what's cool is it's it's like you know how some fuzzes like i feel like um when you plug in you lose a lot of clarity and like almost like attack like is gone it's just kind of muddy yeah um so i feel like with this pedal somehow like it's so clear there's so much presence in each note and it's so defined despite being encased in like a cloud of fuzziness it's not a fuzz pedal it sounds like one <laughs> right so bad. give it a go give it a go i'll send you my demo after after this oh dude Yes, I got to check that out. That sounds like all kinds of my business. Yeah, and also shout out Evan to being a superb human. He's had a a wild year as well, and I just just think he's great. So I have to get in touch with him, get him on the the program. You should. Oh, my God. He could give you such a better rundown of what I just said. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that that girl was wrong. She didn't know what she was talking about. Like... (laughs) Oh yeah, I almost forgot we were. I was reading group questions and I was asking my own instead. I still got a few more in here, so uh, go for it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, you remember Jess? He was in the van with us uh, during that interview. He says yes. hi, but then hi. he also he also brought up uh, something he saw on one of your 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 stories here a few days ago. I guess <laughs> uh, says uh, it says cool bug facts. Um, <laughs> the fact that. Yvette Young is actually three ducks in a trench coat, and I would like you to address that allegation here on the air. You're, you're, you are three ducks in a trench coat. We, we, we failed to notice this, and so we're all very confused. Everything you heard about me online is true. Everything. Every single thing you read in okay. every forum, in every, every comment section on YouTube, okay. all the speculation, all of it is true. Wow. That's, that's a lot of stuff to absorb. A uh, lot of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's contradicting, like even if you read two pieces of information about me and my personal life <laughs> that contradict each other, the answer is both. Both are true. <laughs> right, right. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. That that just makes all the sense in the world. And um, and secondly, I would like to address that allegation by saying quack 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 quack. quack. <laughs> it's it's true, everyone. We've we've established it. She is. <laughs> okay and (laughs) talking about birds this actually uh this this goes right along jason fuzzmonger good pal uh he asks how do her birds react to her playing in the house when i had one she would always try to sing along or back to me uh my my birds so i had a little parrotlet that i really love um caspian 
That was her name. She used to, she had good taste. Like whenever I wrote a riff and it was like actually like something I feel like I could potentially turn into a song, she would like sing along with it and like harmonize. Uh, and it's like when I wasn't writing anything interesting, she would just be quiet. <laughs> so <laughs> she was kind of like my, my muse. Um, my hens. It's so funny because I try to record at home, but sometimes my I have a Jende Conier. I don't know if you guys know much about those birds, but they're so loud. <laughs> like I don't know just, anything about it. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful creatures, but they're just so loud. Just screaming is their favorite activity. Um, so yeah, sometimes in my recordings, I'll just get like him screaming in the background or like my chickens just clucking away or my duck. Um, but it's cool. It's like a texture, right? That's right. Uh, I'm just going to go and isolate the exact frequency of like the quack. And I'm just going to like go ahead and EQ that out. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the bird scream though. And like really get a real aggressive metal core track out of it or something. Yeah. Maybe I could sample it. Maybe I could like slow it down a lot and just use it as just like one continuous pad, like throughout the entire song. <laughs> Just drench it in in distortion and see what happens. Yeah, I'll just put it through the slowly melting. There you go. That sounds like a good plan. Oh, I got it. So I'll I'll put a mic to my bird and then um I will I'll put the mic through the freakout pedal and then just have it set to just one hundred percent wet. There you so go. So that it's just gonna be like the the, the feedback <laughs> like really, really dramatically swelling. There we go. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, let me see if we got any more in here. Uh, what? Uh, okay, I don't understand that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and now I want to know. <laughs> well, of course, it's it's Ryan Burke uh, from uh, the the guitar YouTube and podcast uh, conglomerate. We'll call it the Sixty Cycle oh. Hums. Uh, he. <laughs> says ask her what her least favorite sea mammal is sea mammal least favorite sea mammal hmm, probably otters because they systematically rape other animals oh well yeah that doesn't sound like a good thing i didn't yeah know that. they they actually are are so heinous like they they like gang up on dolphins and they'll like hold it down and like just just go at it it's really awful <laughs> Well, that's going to be interesting uh, in their group because uh, this in the sixty we we both have our own pod guitar podcast Facebook groups, the Sixty Cycle Hum uh, Facebook group, and now maybe he knew you were going to say that because uh, they have a tradition known as Otter Day. Oh no! And it it occurs because I can't remember what the circumstances were, but there was like a person like. I can't remember. This is like three or four years ago. For some reason, there was like a troll in there and something happened. And people are probably like, I can't believe you don't remember the origins of Otter Day. Um, but I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, and that, so for a, an entire day every year, they post nothing but pictures of sea otters. Oh, so, that, so they're just glorifying a rapist, I see. <laughs> just kidding. Well. <laughs> uh, many people know about that but maybe that's why he asked that question I'll, I'll link you an article afterwards it's like from the Monterey Bay Aquarium um, they they also are necrophiliacs so even once one of their otters friends or a dolphin or something has deceased, is deceased like they still no. find their way no yeah. I don't like yeah. otters anymore I mean they're cute I'll give them that uh, 
nature's brutal, man. Nature is just brutal. Can I can I really quick tell you a funny story that happened to me recently at a tide pool? (laughs) (laughs) I think think you have to. Okay. I know this is a huge tangent, but like it's just nature is brutal. It supports my thesis statement. (laughs) Um I, I was I was at this beautiful beach uh and I found this starfish that had washed ashore and there's just one and I was like oh wow that's crazy I've like never seen one just wash up the shore so I picked it up and it like hugged me like it's it's little feet like suddenly I was like it's still alive wow because it like grabbed me immediately and I was like all right I have to save it because I have to put it back into the water and so there's a bunch of tide pools around the corner so I climbed through these like crazy slippery rocks to get to this like one safe little pool where I felt like no one could attack it or it could, it wouldn't be washed ashore again. And I just like slipped it into the pool (laughs) and I even like filmed it like goodbye starfish. And it like kind of like crawled away with its little legs and it like latched onto a rock. And then immediately, uh, immediately as soon as i turned around i walked like 10 feet away climbed over some rocks again i just see a seagull swoop down and grab the starfish that i just (laughs) saved and then i see it just completely just swallow it whole no chewing just like i watch it just like shaking its gullet just trying to get this Mm. huge starfish down its throat and you see the legs like poking out of the side of the seagull's neck it was like a cartoon and I was just like, no, like I just went through so much trouble to like, I even reassured the starfish that it was like, okay. And then just a seagull swoops up and just eats it whole. And so. he's, he's going down. He's like, that lady lied to me. Lied. <laughs> lied. That was the last thought that the starfish had was what a liar. What a lying B word. <laughs> this this is happening to me right now. She assured me that it was going to be okay. Yeah, she like verbally reassured me. She, I let my guard down and now I'm being swallowed whole by a seagull. Right. This She probably does this to all the starfish she sees. Yeah. <laughs> Just sends out a message. Nobody trusts this girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, you know, I don't know if you, you might follow this account. It's pretty well known, but it's called Nature is Metal on Instagram. And it's oh, just... Yes. It's just nothing but that. It's just all of that all the time. And it's like, wow, we have it good. We got it good compared to like a deer. Like we're doing great <laughs> for all of our faults and all of the problems that we have. I'd way rather be me than pretty much any animal. That's starfish. Uh, yeah, then that's starfish for sure. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, it just really bothered me. Like I thought about it the whole day. I was like, I guess that's life. Sometimes you put all your effort into like making something work out and you want the best for something, but then you know a seagull happens. A seagull happens. Things out of control. Things out of your control ruin everything. I mm-hmm. couldn't control that seagull. That's I did waiting to happen. <laughs> seagull happens and just has that bird on it, just looking with like the. It was comical, like the five legs of the. I think there were five legs. Well, the legs of the starfish were just poking out of its neck, like it just. <laughs> it didn't even bother to like chew it. Just complete. I don't know how it's gonna fit in the seagull. This sounds like a scene out of like a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> it really does. I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed at the fact that that seagull could just swallow it and still breathe. I, seagulls are weird, man. I've seen them eat so many things. Like, why are you? Okay, well, that was a trash bag, but all right. 
I guess. They're really brave. They're so brave. They like, I feel like they just become increasingly more like just prone to risk taking. Like I remember I was sitting in my car with um, a sandwich a long time ago and the seagull just landed on my windowsill and then just like came into the car and took my sandwich <laughs> from my hands. <laughs> it's like, well, huh. And I fed you a starfish and everything. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you bastard. How dare you? <laughs> All right. Let's see. I think we're almost to, Oh, here's a, yeah, we're we're getting close to uh we've got like three more questions here from the group and then we will we will divert and go off into the, the woods. Um Cora MacArthur, ha, has she ever played slide? I have not. I'd love to though. I wanna do everything one day. I'd be really curious to hear what you would do on slide. I think that would be an interesting juxtaposition from the tappy stuff. I wonder what that would sound like. Yeah, um, I think actually, you know what? I've tried it. It was really beautiful. I, I feel like I'd be really interested interested to like record with it. It sounds so beautiful with like reverb. Yes, definitely. I'm just getting to where I'm like, okay, I can start to figure this out. It was, it was really a challenge for me because it's such a different <coughs> different thing. I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh. Sonia Leaf, another big supporter of the show. Uh, what is her favorite reverb? And she goes on to say, and why is it the Mercury 7 or CXM 1978? But, That's hilarious. It is the Mercury 7. That's so funny. There you go. <laughs> Good one. Um, no, it's it's amazing. I just think that reverb has so much like color and character to it. And I just like the pitch vector features i will say the slow is like a close second though like the slow is so beautiful um but yeah i just i've gotten so much mileage out of that mercury 7 i've got it to i I used it like almost as a pad on the last record i used the plummeting um octave down pitch vector as or not octave down sorry it just goes down like infinitely as like ways to fill up space and create like tension um i the fifth one is really beautiful. Um, I use this, I hold the sustain feature a lot, like live just to create like ambiance as well. Um, and sometimes it feeds back really beautifully as well. Um, it's just, it's just great. I don't know. I feel like I've got, it's, I've gotten a lot of use out of it, different uses out of it. Very cool. I wasn't sure if she was saying that just to say it because she really likes those pedals or if she had some insider info, but it looks like she had some, she'd been paying attention, which isn't too Yeah, I did that or she has a great taste as well. She does. Uh, plugged uh, her band lunch.band for everyone. Go to lunch.band to check out her stuff. Uh, Hell yeah. It's really cool. Uh, and she also went on to say uh, her playing has been so inspirational and her signature gu- guitar is on my Christmas list because I asked this a few days before Christmas. So, Oh, what? There you oh, go. Thank you. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? I'm scrolling back and forth here, making sure I covered everything that makes sense to cover because some people just like to horse around and have fun. Like with the sea mammals. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Nick Scott, he wants to know, how does she always seem so happy? I've never seen her anything other than bouncing off the walls level cheerful. Maybe that's something we could all benefit from benefit from there. 
Oh man, he should have seen me last year. I was so bummed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, I, I really, I, I wrote technical air crying into my guitar. Like I was not down to write. I was, I was, yeah, going through a really rough thing. And I just, like I said, I, I tried to write the music that I wish I could feel. And sometimes, you know, that, that expression, you got to fake it to make it. Um, I feel like guitar music, um, it's one of those things where it can really transform my mood. Like I can be so depressed and dejected sitting down and then I'll write, I'll like find a cool tone and I'll write like a, a pretty melody and it'll just like soothe me. And then pretty soon I'm like dancing around, like stoked on a melody that I found. Um, so yeah, I guess. I think the reason I look so happy is because I am doing something I legitimately love. Like I'm so passionate about it. If I didn't have any eyes on me, I would still be doing it because it just, to me, feels like falling in love. Like I I get a high from it. Um, So I think that's why I look so stoked. But also I feel like, I mean, someone asked me that same question in my comment section recently. And I do feel like my optimism has emerged as like a form of like, a way to survive because just my personal stance on things like you can't control what happens around you. You can't control what's going on in the world or what other people do to you, but you can control like your perspective about it and how you choose to react and what you choose to do with the hardships that you're faced with. And for me, it's always been more productive for me to not let it bog me down and to just keep on flowing forward and try to turn it into something try to turn pain into something productive. So um, maybe it's because I'm a control freak. And to me, I feel like then I, I have control over my problems and, and whatever. But yeah, that's my perspective is life sucks. It's hard. But like if I'm happy and if I try to find the silver lining and everything, at least I, I can, I still want to wake up every day, you know? Yeah, I'm so glad that you you said what you said there because I. And I think a lot of people do struggle with this. I think probably everyone struggles with it from time to time. It's just like, you know, your perspective, it sounds cheesy, but your perspective really can change your reality. Mm-hmm. If your perspective is that everything, everything and like just completely sucks all the time, then it doesn't matter how great your life is going. It will suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's really strange how much, we actually do have control. You don't have control over, you know, whether the seagull's eating you or not necessarily. But <laughs> <laughs> you do have control over uh, your thought process and what's going on. And also the steps that you're taking to try to change your your particular situation. And I think it's healthier to say, like, this isn't that great right now, but I'm making moves to try to make improvements for myself and or whatever the situation may be. And I think it's a really healthy and positive way to, to look at yeah. things. All you have is faith in something like to keep you going. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's dangerous. I, pe- people get in some really dark places when they lose faith in like, I don't know. It can be faith in anything, faith in themselves, faith in another person, faith in, um, purpose you know i think you just have to like have something that you're working towards and all you can control is your perspective that's the only thing you have control over everything else is just 
life feels like constantly being assaulted like by like different hardships and like obstacles and it gets tiring like I've definitely been like I'm tired so I think like also what I put online is like I don't because I'm also like I have a platform where people are like watching my every move I I don't like to broadcast things that are, are too negative like because I don't think that really um benefits anyone else uh I can deal with um my hardships on my own of course Um, but I think I'd rather put out like positivity into the world and give other people tips on like how they can deal with hardship and also how powerful of a tool and outlet music and art can be for dealing with those hardships I mean, that's sort of, it's not exactly the the same thing, but that's definitely the road I've tried to take with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that I don't like. <laughs> you know, let's, yeah. we, all have, we all have our preferences and we, we all have things we like and things we really, really dislike. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I will go off on an occasional rant about the doors and how I'm not a big fan, <laughs> but like, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that like, I'm, I'm correct in that. And, it, and I also don't want people to, you know, there, there are YouTube channels and, and podcasts and stuff that are largely just rant shows. And I don't think that really does a lot of good, you know, yeah. seem to offer a lot and it's like, okay, you're mad about that. That's yeah. Cool. I think that that attitude can get really difficult to be around like for a long time. Like it's honestly, it's really funny to just go off sometimes. Like I definitely do (laughs) for some things, but I think it just gets tiring to hear all the time. Yeah. We all have that one person in our life that's very opinionated for some reason. Oh yeah. And you're like, what is it? What is this based upon? You don't actually know what you're talking about. And I I think that goes back to that perspective thing. It's like, yeah necessarily know what i'm talking about all yo real talk like the older i get the more i just want to be quiet about things and listen because i don't know anything like i feel like the older i get it just like the veil is lifted i'm like i'm an ignorant person and i i just should listen like gather other perspectives and and maybe take time to develop an opinion before i'm so like you know vehemently anti something i don't know <laughs> Right. I mean, there's like definitely things we can we can all firmly, you know, have a stance on and that, that's that are objectively what they are. Like otters and their their uh, right. proclivity for rape. Yes. It's pretty pretty not okay, I think, by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty otters. I have a different opinion on otters. See, my opinion <laughs> on otters changed today. Who'd have thought that that was going to be the course of this conversation? Not me. Right. That was my goal today. We were not going to talk about music or tone. I was just trying to convince you to hate otters. You did it. You went, you've, you've made the most convincing argument that I could possibly think of. That's, <laughs> I never know what's going to happen on this show. That's what makes it so much fun. <laughs> There's some somewhere somewhere in the world you have like one otter fan who's like listening to your show and the otter's just like super bummed out like come on why'd you do me dirty like this? <laughs> right. like I'm not like the rest of us okay yeah. I'm different I'm a different <laughs> kind of otter I'm a nice otter I only eat seaweed I've never rigged anything in my life <laughs> <laughs> Oh man it's rough it's rough it's rough out there 
Well, let's see. We're we're right around that hour mark, and I know we're I know we're going to attempt to have the world's longest podcast for the patrons, um, which should be a lot of fun. But uh, before we we dive off the main episode, one thing I don't think I let you do. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But one thing I don't think I let you do on the last episode, which has been kind of a a mainstay of the show now, is like this is your chance to put up a billboard. You want to tell a few thousand people something, whether it's a, a plug, whether it's a message, whether it's a, the fact that you, you know, love your cousin. I, I don't know. Whatever it is, whatever you want to say, now's the time. I do love my cousin. I feel like I got out a lot of what I wanted to say in that question about how I stay so positive. Like, mm-hmm. definitely. It's been a rough year for everyone. I think we all learned that in the end, nature wins. I think that's the theme yeah. of this podcast today is we can spend all our lives preparing, beating deadlines, delivering records, planning tours, but a pandemic will just wipe that all away. And I think it's it's making us all evaluate like what's important in life, you know, it's like humbling for sure. Uh, I think I don't really have anything to plug. I'm, I am working on music, but I don't have like a strict deadline for it. I'm trying to like bust out another acoustic record. Um, but it's just, it's so funny because I haven't had time to do it. Um, just want to say, hang in there. I'm, you know, I hope everyone is just doing mentally okay. Cause I know being shut in and, and all the, the turbulent things going on have definitely taken a toll on a lot of people's mental health. Um, and I want to say, Keep on trying to write music and play music because it definitely is a form of escapism for me and it's helped me a lot. Well, I think that is as good of a message as you could possibly leave off on. That was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Last classic questions and we'll see. I know we've already talked pizza before, but uh, we'll get into that in just a second. I can't remember if I asked you, though, because I'm... A lot of this runs together in my brain after a while. And I'm like, who said that? I don't remember. But did I ask you what your favorite boss pedal was? Uh, hmm. Metal Zone. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. I, I really want to get a Metal Zone, though. Like, um, I like the, what's that one? The chorus with CE2? Is that one? CE2? Oh, it's yeah. a classic. Absolutely. I love that. I love that one love it uh let me think oh i really want to try their new uh is it i think it's an octave pedal uh oh yeah yep oh uh the oc oc5 yeah i i want i want one looks sick uh some uh, the sophie burrell she's a guitarist she did a cool demo of it oh i'll have to check it out i i know her but i've not seen that demo yeah, she's like thrashing around in her room, rock and roll. It's pretty sick. I love it. It's awesome. All right, final question, and uh, I'll be curious to hear if the 2020 has an Im- has had an impact on your pizza taste. You still you still uh, sticking with it, or you changed your opinion on things? Um, I've done a lot of uh, spicing up frozen pizza. My mom. I, I live um, with my parents currently and we've done a lot of pizza nights where she just takes frozen pizza and we just try to make it fun with uh, like chopped veggies or I don't know, nails, just <laughs> nails, just nails, just oh. bolts, bolts and screws. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Well, you need your iron. Okay, yeah. Healthy. Yeah, it's good for yeah. you. Yeah, crushed Advil instead of Parmesan. That's pretty oh. great. I'm just kidding. It's terrible. Right. All right, crushed Advil. That's great. <laughs> yeah, awful. No, I've, I've eaten a lot of frozen pizza this, this quarantine. I also learned how to make quiche and pot pie, and I'm oh, pretty stoked yeah. on that. <laughs> quiche. Hook me up with a good quiche. I love Yo, quiche. quiche is so good. Honestly, store-bought pie crust and just whip up some eggs with some um, heavy cream and just chop up some broccoli, some mushrooms, uh, mm. jalapenos, and then just just put a lot of cheddar in it, like sharp cheddar, and just yeah. pop that bad boy into the oven. And it's so easy. You are speaking my language. That's so cool. easy. Even I could do it. <laughs> that's not a good example. You do a lot of hard things. I've seen it. I've seen it in person. Well, this was oh. awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm I'm so glad we were able to do this and I'm excited to see uh, what happens when we dive into the Patreon section and talk about aliens. I'm very Oh, uh, me too. That's, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. For Yvette, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there you have it, folks. We have wrapped up officially the first Tone Mob episode of 2021. And we're going to have a lot more in store for you this year. I'm very excited to bring this all to you. And yeah, I don't know what it is. And I know everyone's saying this. And I know it's cheese ball and it's stupid. But I feel like something cool is on the horizon this year. There almost has to be. Right? Surely. Either way, thank you all so much, and I said this on the last episode, but thank you all so, so, so much for supporting me this year and getting me through 2020 despite the fires and all the craziness that happened. I really, really appreciate that, and I I appreciate the fact that you're still listening to this right now, so thank you very much. If you really enjoyed this episode, if this tickled your fancy, you know, we've got more for you. You go to patreon.com slash tone mob. There's almost two hours more of this very conversation. And it was a lot of fun. So if you can, that's there. If you can't, there is a ton in the back catalog. And also, I would appreciate just sharing this with a friend, hitting us up with a rating, you know, doing your gear shopping at tonemob.com slash reverb or tonemob.com slash sweetwater. That really does help so much. Sorry for all the annoying plugs. I know, I know it's it's not fun for anybody to listen to that stuff, but every time I do, people do respond. So with that in mind, thank you all so much again. Please check out Yvette's music. Please just go support your favorite artists. Go support your favorite content creators. Go support people who are making things that make your day-to-day life a little bit more enjoyable in some way, shape, or function. Go buy their t-shirt hit them up on Patreon, give them an extra stream, whatever the case may be, just go help them out. The creatives in your life, uh, you know, I would think I'm not making too big of an assumption to say that they probably have a big impact. I know they do in mine, and I do my best to support those that I can. Obviously, nobody can support everybody, but, you know, do what you can. And if you can't do it monetarily, that is totally understandable. But like I ask with this podcast, share it with a friend. If you have a favorite song you've been jamming, share it with me. Send it to me. Why not? Shoot me a text at 503-751-8577. On that, I am 
chatting with people every single day. We're talking about music. We're talking about art. We're talking about gear. We're talking about pizza. We are talking about all kinds of stuff. Music business is a big focus right now. And I am responding to every single person to the very best of my abilities. I don't think I've missed anybody yet, which is a a lot considering we are well over 100 people that are, are chatting with me over there at this point. So if you want to send me your favorite song right now, shoot me a text to 503-751-8577. So yeah, that'll be in the show notes. So don't swerve off the road to try to write that down or anything, but I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to send you all that extra kind of random content that I'm sending out to the people who are on that text chat. All right. Thank you, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately, and if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.